0: Hello and welcome to The Drabblecast, episode 78. The Drabblecast is a weekly flash fiction podcast that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. Well, this week's show is coming at you a little early because it's a crazy week coming up and I know if I don't get her done now, then, well, it probably won't get done at all. The craziness is due to a couple things. Hurricanes blowing trees across my yard, being on the road a lot, and then DragonCon coming up this weekend. Last year was my first year at DragonCon, and I found myself scrambling around and trying to do too much. This year, Kendall and Luke are coming with me, and we're just planning on having a good time. I mentioned last week that we plan on getting together with any listeners who want to hang out, probably for lunch on Saturday. Shoot us an email at Drabblecast at yahoo.com if you're interested, and we'll trade cell phone numbers and hook that up. We've got some pretty cool Drabblecast t-shirts made up by artist Bo Kyer of Super Animal Deathmatch Notoriety, and we plan on giving those out to whoever wants to hang out with us. Please hang out with us. We'll give you a free shirt. Pathetic, I know, but what the hell. But here's the fun deal. We're doing a Dragon Con photo scavenger hunt. We're giving away two free tickets to next year's Dragon Con and a free Norm Sherman CD, for whatever that's worth, to the first person to post photos on our forum of the following three things. A picture of you giving a lollipop to a stormtrooper. A picture of you arm-wrestling a goth chick and a picture of you doing an obscure and creative gang symbol with a Drabblecast editor. Shouldn't be too hard, considering there's usually a lot of stormtroopers, goth chicks, and Norm Shermans wandering around these things. And we're for real. The first person to post these three pictures in our forums under the DragonCon pandemonium zone will get two tickets next year's DragonCon, and one of my CDs, which you can politely decline if you hate me. So in the spirit of geeky festivities, we bring you a special story and a bartle about, well, cons. Our story is called Panel Discussion, and it's written by Mark P. Moorhead. When not writing, Mark works as a principal engineer on the National Polar Orbiting Operational Environmental Satellite System, the bleeding edge of environmental science. Worth checking out if you're into that sort of thing. We've got a link in our show notes. So, without further ado, Panel Discussion by Mark P. Moorhead. The con scheduled me in a panel at 7am on a Sunday morning, the morning after all the big parties when people are still passed out, sleeping it off, or thinking about the trip home. Sure, I was flattered to be on a panel, but what fun would it be if no one showed up but the panelists? I'd done a few panels before, and they were great fun. I got to meet other authors and hear their ideas on things. Even better, I got to meet some fans, though it <laughs> still surprised me to have any and I could talk to them and hear what they were really excited about. I arrived early to find an empty conference room with a sad line of folding chairs waiting alone on a little stage, facing row after row of chairs where the audience would sit. Pulling off my jacket, I let the doors close behind me and walked up to the stage. I settled in, picking a chair on the far left side. The MC came in first, a bushy-haired kid who seemed thrilled to be there. He vigorously shook my hand and said nice things about my work then left me while he checked the sound system and put out water bottles for everyone a few minutes later the first few fans drifted in the other two panelists that morning were jenny and matt jenny drifted in first stopping to chat with a couple fans she had met before she wrote urban fantasy the stuff with all the vampires and werewolves matt stumbled in at the last minute and the kid emceeing the panel escorted him quickly to the little stage Matt wrote Military SF, more my style. As for me, well, I hadn't really found my niche yet. By the time we started, an audience of about two dozen had filtered in and spread out in the dark room. Not bad for a Sunday morning. After the introductions, each of us talked for a few, then we opened it up for Q&A. That's about when things went terribly, terribly wrong. We had a few questions about our work, about future projects, the usual stuff. Most of these were directed at Jenny, who seemed to be the most popular among this group. It was going fine until a large man in an anime t-shirt stood up and addressed a question to me. So where, exactly, do you get your ideas? I hesitated, trying to think of a way to deflect the question without really getting into it, and all I could think of was, Sheboygan? After a few seconds, I said... Uh, I get my ideas from thinking about things. Like what, pray tell? Well, you know, like, like this panel. He looked confused and glanced around as if he thought some overlooked detail of the conference room would explain my answer. Really? How could you get an idea from this? Well, I would just change it up a little bit. Still confused, he said, I'm sorry, I just don't see how you can get science fiction out of this. I glanced at Jenny and Matt, hoping one of them would step in, derailed this before it got completely out of hand. Jenny grinned at me, suppressing a giggle. Matt crossed his arms and sat back, waiting for the fireworks. I took a deep breath and let it out slowly. I don't know, maybe I'd ask myself, what if aliens showed up? Aliens. That, sir, does not sound very exciting. Matt cut in. Okay, you want a little excitement? What about if they're cannibals? Ouch. He's good. Right. They're cannibals, and sharing food is their traditional greeting. We don't want to be rude, so we have to offer them something to eat. Like one of us. Exciting enough for you? At this point, everyone in the audience was paying attention. Except for one dejected teenage girl in the back. She hadn't said a word the whole time, and from the glow on her face, I figured she was texting someone or surfing the internet back there. The big guy raised his hand again. So then, who would you choose? He sounded gravely serious, and hearing his concern, I felt an unexpected wave of trepidation. Well, not you. No offense. Yeah, but who then? Which one of us would you feed them to? Jenny cut in. None of you. I turned to her. Well, now hold on a minute. You're saying you'd give up a seat on the Galactic Council, possibility of faster-than-light travel, transporters, free energy, and maybe even nearly eternal life, just because you're too squeamish to feed someone to an alien? Of course. Life is sacred. We can't just give in because they have a few shiny toys. Yeah, but they might consider it an affront to their society, proof that we're not enlightened enough to join them among the stars. I mean, they've come hundreds of light years just to introduce us to galactic civilization, and if we don't respect their culture, it could start a war. Is that really what you want? She laughed. (laughs) Sure, I I guess that's the whole point. We make the story exciting. We refuse. The aliens are insulted. And in hours, the human race is in a fight for its life against these super-powerful flesh-eaters. That could be a movie. I'm surprised it isn't already. Make the story exciting? (laughs) Apparently, Jenny didn't know just how serious the situation had become. What about you, Matt? You want to fight an intergalactic civilization just to save one person? Matt shook his head. (laughs) No way, man. I'd toss him one of my fans. Jenny scowled. So you think your life is more valuable than that of one of your fans? Well, uh, no, I I guess not. It's just that the aliens obviously chose to make contact with us, the science fiction writers. You see, we have a solid grasp of human nature, and and we're more likely to understand and accept the aliens and intergalactic society as a whole. There aren't any mundanes here, so uh, we'd have to... Toss them a Van. Yes, but who? Asked the big guy. Jenny shot me a dangerous look, clearly thinking we'd taken this a bit too far, but I pressed ahead anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess that girl in the back, I think. Well, I mean, come on, she hasn't contributed anything to the panel. She hasn't even said a single word. She's just back there texting and... <laughs> You're sick, hissed Jenny. Before I could retort, the room filled with light. When my eyes cleared, three beings stood in the front aisle near the emergency exit. They looked something like octopuses, though less rubbery, and wore bright-colored clothes and heavy-duty life-support pods. A fourth alien lay on a stainless steel cart. It had no clothes, no life-support pod, and it smelled... delicious. In the back of the room, the quiet girl looked up all color draining from her face. Well, that was our story. Hope you liked it. Hopefully that doesn't happen this year. Well, to me at least. So, Bartle time. Bartles are songs that I write dedicated to and based on an idea proposed by someone who's made a generous contribution to the Drabblecast. This Bartle is written for Diane Elliott. Diane says people call her a cougar because she's 48 and her husband's 26. And from some other stuff she told me, she sounds like a crazy and fun individual who loves to go to cons. So yeah, cougar at the con, hard rock style. Hope you like it. Oh, and if you do, I always use this opportunity to shamelessly plug my own CD, which you can get at my crappy, perpetually under construction website, www.normsherman.com. This show and this song are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, which means you can share it with anybody you like, you just can't change it or sell it. You can find the song by itself in the MP3 warehouse, which is linked off our main page at www.drabblecast.org. And there you can also find two donation buttons if you like what we're doing. You can help us out by donating once, or subscribing for $5 a month. That's all for this week. Our staff is made up of co-editors Kendall Marchman, Luke Coddington, and yours truly, Norm Sherman reminding you to contribute to discussion.
1: on the road in a rock and roll band on the way to your next show I was getting kind of lonely things were getting kind of dry without a woman to hold me I didn't feel so alive then the manager told me that we were lost in Atlanta had a change in our schedule and a change in our plans and a gig had come up at a science fiction convention we were signed up to play oh did I forget to mention yeah, there's a cougar at the car, With hardly any costume on I think it's Wonder Woman's mom But she's got it going on Yeah, there's a cougar at the con I couldn't help but sulk As our tour bus pulled up I figured the only girls I'd meet Would look like Jabba the Hood I heard that Bunani coming at me like a tsunami. I'd have to beat those ganks away from my rock star salami. Then we started to play. I heard my bass player say, Damn, that girl's so smoking, she needs an ashtray. I looked to my left, and what did I see? A curvy con cougar in the heat. Yeah, there's a cougar at the car. She's wearing Xena's thong She wants to party all night long Till the break of dawn Yeah, there's a cougar at the car. She was on the prowl She was stalking her prey She was looking the part With all her parts on display She don't waste no time She don't take things slow She's as quick as Chitara Now that's a Thundercats Ho! I nerd's heard saying about that ass Knocked clear off his furry feet A stormtrooper asked if she would like to dance But she said, Palpatine's bitches don't get my pants Then she looked at me and said So you think you're hot shit With your long hair and makeup You just came dressed up like a chick That's not very creative And you're not better than us So if you'll excuse me Kevin Sorbo said he'd sign my bust Yeah, there's a cougar at the car With hardly any costume on I think it's Wonder Woman's mom But she's got it going on Yeah, there's a cougar at the con